Welcome to the Prophecy Club, and today is Christmas Eve, and I still have to make programs, but the the family, as you may well expect, is heading over, and we are getting ready for all of the Christmas festivities. So let me just say, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas to you and your entire family, and may you have a very, very prosperous and healthy and happy 2020. So I don't have a whole lot of time to make a broadcast today, so... Back in February, I was on the Omega Man radio program, and I said some things that I had planned to bring to Prophecy Club, and today is the day that I'm going to bring them to you. And these are some of the revelations that I got in the process of memorizing the book of Revelation and then writing the book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, which, of course, you can get at prophecyclub.com. So now I'm going to play excerpts from that radio program with Omega Man Radio. And it's a real privilege and honor to bring back to the show my friend, Pastor Stan Johnson of the Prophecy Club. Brother Stan, welcome back. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Stan, let me just say this um, to the folks out there. I am blessed to, to be able to know Stan and be able to invite him back to the show tonight. You know, Stan... I have been a fan of the Prophecy Club for many years. I'm going to tell you, folks, much of what I've learned about end-time prophecy and getting updates has come from the, the Prophecy Club. Stan is a pioneer in producing awesome documentaries and videos. And, of course, he, uh, the Prophecy Club is one on tour in many cities. Maybe some of you have been out there and, and seen the broadcast live. But I just want to say thank you, Stan, because I can remember – Watching the Prophecy Club, when it came to Atlanta, Georgia, I picked it up on a cable station there, began to read your magazine, began to order the VHSs that would now become DVDs. Brother, you've been doing this for a long time, and some of the greatest interviews that have ever been done, you have done right there in the Prophecy Club. So I just want to thank you. You've done a fantastic job for the body of Christ, and you're still going strong for Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. Well, and to him be all the glory. Obviously, you and I are working for the same person to build the same kingdom so that we can hear the same response. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen. You know, Stan, many of the friends I have today I owe to you because you would bring them on the Prophecy Club. Friends like Michael Boldea, uh, and I learned about his grandfather, Dimitri Dudeman, through your ministry. You had a chance to meet the man of God and uh, many others. I tell you, I'm just uh, excited to have you back tonight. And uh, we're in a brand new year, folks. We're one day closer to the turn of the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that introduction, uh, Stan, before you bring today's teaching, uh, for those that may be listening for the first time, I want you to tell us about your church, the Prophecy Club, uh, your website. Give out your contact information. And you also do a broadcast. Tell us about that. Well, prophecyclub.com is where you can go and listen to the broadcast, and you can go and pull down like 280 different DVDs available that we've made over the 23 years. Matter of fact, we've actually made uh, 335 DVDs, 160 speakers. We used to have meetings in about 40 cities every month. Can't believe we did that. Uh, About 5,000 people a month used to attend our meetings. And then Y2K come along and people figured, oh, well, we don't need to hear about any of this prophecy anymore. So they threw all the prophecy ministries away. We were one of the few that survived. Nevertheless, we're still here after 23 years, still going. And we believe that here very soon things are going to explode. So what happened, uh, to briefly tell you how we got there, it's it's a long story, but basically a radio station called and asked if I would do 
a 30-minute radio program of Bible prophecy. And long story short, I started doing it, and it started growing from city to city to city to city. And before long, we were on 80 radio stations and 25 TV stations doing 40 cities a month. About 5,000 people a month were attending our meetings. And from the year 1993, when we started, to the Y2K debacle, the devastation that happened to most prophecy ministries in those days, we were able to present to the Lord 7,000 new souls and about 20,000 rededicated souls. Wow. And then Y2K didn't happen. Now, no one criticized 60 Minutes or 2020 because they had talked about it. But what happened was they walked away from God's end-time message. And this is a long story, but I can tell you, God spoke to me about several things about that, and he was not pleased with his people walking away from his warning message. Well, most Christian ministries that had anything to do with prophecy in any way, some of them even that didn't, most of them collapsed. Most of them had to go get in the job. We were one of the few that survived those days. I remember March 20th of 2000, worst day of my life, I had to cancel 60 radio stations in one day. I was devastated. Seven years of work went down the drain in one day. We went from 80 stations to 20 stations. Within 60 days, we were $400,000 in debt because Christians stabbed me in the back. But just recently... I had that healed. It took a long time. I, you know, I forgave, but there was still a, a knife on my back. But uh, I'm I'm over that, and I'm happy with that. But uh, it, the the better days lie ahead, brothers and sisters. As a matter of fact, I think that we are very close to seeing a series of suitcase nukes going off all across our nation. We are very close to a devastating earthquake. I don't know if we'll get to all these, but um, I've made radio programs on them. Also, I can tell you this, that we are about to see a financial change, a financial change that has never occurred probably in the last 2,000 years. A massive, a massive financial change is about to take place. And the good guys think it's going to be bringing in a wonderful new financial system. And I believe it will, but it won't last for long because the prophecies still have to be fulfilled. There still has to be a seven-year tribulation. There still has to have a beast, the mark of the beast. All of that still has to come to pass. But I believe that as long as Trump is in office, we're in good shape. But like Lindsey Williams was told, the day that Trump gets out of office, run for the hills, because then evil is going to come down on this nation like a hammer. So anyway, yes, I think we're very close to these last days. And with your permission, I'd like to talk to him and tell him about what happened about two years ago when I started memorizing the book of Revelation. Take it away, my brother. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> Just as a project, I decided I was going to go back and refresh my memory and complete memorizing the book of uh, Psalms 23. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Well, I got that down. I enjoyed that. So then I thought, ah, let's go ahead and tackle Psalm 91. I got a few scriptures already down on that. So I memorized that and felt good, pretty good about that. And then it kept coming to me that now I need to memorize the book of Revelation. And I kept saying, I'm sorry, the book? You mean a chapter, right? <laughs> a book? <laughs> the whole book? So I got me a spiral reading notebook, and I thought, all right, I'll give it a shot. 
And I'm sorry to say I should have had a better attitude saying, okay, I can do this thing. You know, I can do all things through Christ to strengthen me. You know, okay, you know. But I didn't. I was kind of a chicken. <laughs> so I decided I wasn't going to tell anybody that I had set out on this project. As a matter of fact, I didn't even think I could do it. I didn't even start at Revelation 1, verse 1. I started at verse 8 because as I read those first, <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. I mean, as I read the first seven verses, I thought, I, I, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I, I mean, I just can't get it in my head. So I started memorizing at verse 8. Well, I got all the way to the end of chapter 1, and I thought, okay, I did it. So here's what I did. I got me a spiral ring notebook, you know, regular eight and a half by 11 spiral ring notebook. And I wrote out all of the words and, and I wrote them in the very best, most beautiful handwriting I could possibly write, partly because I wanted to respect the Bible, partly because I wanted to be able to read it when, when I went back to try to memorize it. But I also was falling in love with every word. And there's a lot of memory techniques that I can tell you that I learned in the process. So I got to the end of the first chapter, and I thought, ah, oh, now i got to go back and memorize those first seven verses. So I went back, and I got, finally I reached the point, yay, I got the whole first chapter down. <laughs> so I, I wrote down the day, well, here, I've got it right here by hand. Uh, actually, I'm holding a copy of it because the original is so precious I keep it hidden away up in my library so that I will never lose it. I don't take it out of my office or anything like that. But anyway, I started memorizing it. Here it is, 11.27 of 16. And I finished memorizing the entire book of Revelation 5.23 of 17. So when I would start memorizing a chapter, I would write down the date. And uh, then when I, I would write down the date when I had finished that chapter. So I went through, you know, memorized the whole book of Revelation. But something started happening that had never happened to me in my life that I never dreamed. I, it, the thought never even occurred to me that this was going to happen. And that is I started getting revelations. Now, here's why the, the first one happened. Okay, so I'm reading in uh, the book. Okay, let's see. Let me see if I can just find uh, the exact place here uh, where it says, I'll just quote it here. I, John, whom also your brother and companion in tribulation to the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Okay, and I read that and I thought, uh, wait a minute. Is that saying that John is telling us that he is going to be there in the tribulation with us? In other words, the tribulation defined as the last seven years. And I looked at it, and I thought, no, 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 that, that doesn't line up with my theology, <laughs> which I was going to change a lot of in the process of this. But see, I was thinking, like just about everybody else is thinking out there, that the two witnesses had to be um, Enoch and Elijah, because Hebrews 9, 27, it says, it's appointed a man wants to die and then the judgment. So it had to be someone that had uh, had lived already but never died. Well, what I didn't understand is that actually Hebrews 9.27 is an unconfirmed verse. And that's another thing I had to learn is that when it is for sure in the Bible and when it is a major doctrinal point, it is always found in the Bible twice because the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. Wait a minute, Stan. Are you saying some things in the Bible are not established? Saying, that's exactly right. 
In other words, some things are a warning. They're only said one time. Some things are a guarantee. They're said two or three times. So anytime something is found in the Bible twice, it's a guarantee. One time, it may be just a warning. And Hebrews 10, 27 uh, is just a warning. In other words, it is appointed man wants to die in the judgment. But it's not saying the two witnesses have to be Enoch and Elijah. So anyway, as I read that, I thought, okay, I, John, who am also your brother and companion in tribulation, companion in tribulation. But, but see, I didn't fit my theology. So I just kept memorizing and I kept going along. Well, then I ran into other places, which I put in the book, and that would be lengthy to get in. But uh, I found eight reasons why the two witnesses, I'll just tell you who they are. Again, get the book because, I, I mean, I will try to give you as much information as I possibly can in the two hours we're going to be talking tonight but it will not come anywhere close to the amount of information that is in the book. If you want to understand it, there is no second way to get around this. You will have to get the books, but I'll do my best. Anyway, I found eight reasons why Moses is one of the two witnesses and eight reasons why John the Revelator, the guy that wrote the book Revelation, he is going to be the other of the two witnesses. And I've got eight reasons. They matter of fact, my editor, when I handed him my book, he said, I've heard you say, you know, it's Moses and John the Revelator. I can tell you right now, I disagree with that. I said, fine, read my book, read the re the reasons. And after he had read them, he said, okay, you're right. <laughs> now, okay, so let me tell you what started happening. So as I started going through this, memorizing this, all of a sudden I started getting these revelations. Now, when I say revelation, I mean that it's information on high or from on high, information I did not know I did not understand before this. You have to understand, I've been studying Bible prophecy 40 years. I've been teaching it 30 years. I've been doing a radio and t sometimes TV program on it for 25 years. I've made uh, 37 two-and-a-half-hour DVDs on it. I've had uh, we made over 300 DVDs with guest speakers, had, uh, what, 330 guest speakers. I mean, so, I mean, I'm not new to it. So to say I knew nothing that was in this book that's written in this. I knew nothing of this. And I might say, so far, I haven't found anybody else that knew anything that is in this book, meaning everything in this book is all new revelations. In other words, you do not know what is in this book. And I can go, I will go through here and I'll share many of those things. I hadn't found anybody. So, yeah, I knew that. No one knew this. So, as I started going through and I started getting these revelations, because in those days, we were a ministry that did DVDs, which we pretty much retired that thanks to YouTube, killing it. Um, anyway, we used to make DVDs. So I got up and I made three DVDs. I made one called Revelations on Revelation. I thought I had got all the revelations wrong. <laughs> then I made another one called Kings and Priests because I thought I got all the revelations wrong. <laughs> and I made I made a third DVD called 17 Secrets and the Feasts and the Trumpets because, okay, finally, I thought I got all the revelations wrong. So what happened was I had two visions. I had about 30 revelations, two visions, and one audible voice. And the first, let me get this right, the first vision I saw was of the book of Revelation. Let me come back to that. But the second vision told me to put it in a book. 
Now, when I started writing the book, I was thinking I had all the information. That's why he'd tell me to write the book. Well, no, wrong. Wrong again. As I started writing the book, I could tell something supernatural was happening. And I'm thinking, you know, this is <laughs> this is not me because I'm not a very supernatural person. That's Leslie. Okay? She's the prophet. She's the one who hears from God. She's the one who sees all the healings, blah, 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 blah. So as I started typing, I started getting more revelations, a, a deeper understanding. I started, you know, normally I'm, I say this all the time, I'm a one-holer. In other words, information in through one hole, information out through one hole. I only hear one conversation at a time. I only, I only speak about one thing at a time. But when I was writing the book, I was able to, to remember six, seven, eight things at once. My fingers were flying across. Matter of fact, I wore all the, uh, the, the letters off of my keyboard. I had to buy a new keyboard. My fingers were flying across the keyboard faster than I'd ever typed before. I had a, I had a supernatural understanding as I was writing the, Bible, the, the book. Now, the information in the book is roughly twice the information of the three DVDs that I made on the revelations I got, meaning the greatest revelation came in the process of writing the book. And I've still I've got two more revelations uh, since I wrote the book, but they're not important enough to include in the book. But now, it, with your permission, I'd like to go on and give some of the revelations that I, I got from the book. Is that okay? Absolutely. This is awesome. Keep going. Okay, all right. So I'm, I'm not going to go through it in order. I just want to cover some of the revelations. Now, when you read the book, you don't find what I'm about to tell you in the book. Uh, I, a little bit. I mean, I covered a few of them, uh, the, uh, the more outstanding ones I explained. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is the audible voice. So one evening, I was going through my lines, what I call running my lines. In other words, if you kind of remember, at least me, I had to go over it and over and over and over, repeat it over, out loud over and over and over and over and over. Well, one evening I'm going through this and all of a sudden I hear an audible voice. And I don't think it was in my spirit. I think it was in my ears, but it was it was just as clear and crystal clear as you're talking to me. I mean, I heard a voice, and this is what that voice said. And you cannot believe how many times over the last 30 years I wished that I had had this information. It would have changed everything in my understanding. So what I'm about to give you is something really big. Here's what it said. The seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days. Well, that's really, really big because, see, I was thinking the seven seals are seven years, seven trumpets, seven years, seven files are seven years. <laughs> that's wrong. But, I mean, I've got a big chart uh, at church. I mean, it's four foot by, uh, tall by five foot wide, and it's all wrong. But that one audible voice corrected it. Now, how to prove that by Scripture? Well, it's amazing when... God doesn't want you to see something in the scripture. You just can't see it. And on the other hand, it's also amazing that when he wants you to see something in the scriptures, you see it. It's, it's amazing. I mean, I, probably everybody in here has memorized the scripture at one point in their life or another. And we've all thought, wow, I understand that scripture a whole lot better since I memorized it. Well, that's what began to happen to me, except for it's a whole book of Revelation. Now, I would explain it like this. Try to imagine yourself 
in a beautiful summer evening, not a cloud in the sky, and you're laying outside, maybe uh, you know, in some kind of a chair, maybe just laying on the grass, and you look up into the night sky, and you can see from horizon to horizon to horizon to horizon, and someone hands you a paper towel roll, you know, that little cardboard thing inside of the paper towels. They hand you that, and they say, look through this into the stars. Well, that's what it's like to read through the book of Revelation, and you're, you're like looking through the towel holder. You're, you're looking through that roll. But when you memorize the entire book of Revelation, it's like you can see from horizon to horizon to horizon. You can see all of the stars all at once, and you understand all of them. And that's what began to happen to me. I began to see. I, I, let me say it this way. It wasn't just a scene. I think that I ate. If I don't know if I've ever said this, if I can try to explain what happened. I ate the spirit of revelation. In other words, it's like I, I ate it. I swallowed it down and it became part of me someplace in there. And I understand the book of Revelation like never before. I would say that if you haven't memorized the book of Revelation, I'm not talking about a casual. I'm talking, you, know, you can sit down and quote the whole book. Okay. Unless you've memorized it at that point, I'm going to say that you do not have the horizon to horizon understanding. And, and somewhere in there, the spirit of Revelation came into me. Somewhere in there, my heart was changed. All of a sudden, things that I used to be able to do, to watch, to see, I just can't do. It changed me. It changed me. <clears throat> Sorry, getting a little emotional here. It changed me from the heart out. Okay, so the audible voice. Now, let me talk about the first vision, and then we'll get to some of the revelations. In this vision, uh, the situation was I had had an infection come up on my arm. I was in the hospital literally for three days on IV antibiotics. It was a real serious thing. They, I didn't think it's all that serious, but they took me to the emergency room and doctor took one look at me and he said, uh, you see those red streaks running up your arm, boy? I said, yes, sir. He said, that is an infection. That is serious. He said, you're not going home tonight. You're checking into the hospital. You're going to be on IVs for two or three days at least. So uh, about the second night of this, it was like probably nine o'clock in the evening, um, an Indian lady walked in, you know, like someone that used to live in India, walked in and she says, um, you're a pastor. And I said, yes, ma'am. She says, well, I want to let you know I'm a Christian. Now, I know that very few Indians are Christians, but I'm Christian. My family's Christian. My mom and dad, all of my, I come from an area in India and we're all Christians and we love Jesus. I said, well, wonderful. In the process of that conversation, in the blink, I mean, it, it happened. How do I say this? See, when a person is touched by eternity, it, it can happen so fast and you can get so much information faster than you can blink your eye. All of a sudden in that conversation, I got a revelation. And here's what I saw, but it'll take me a couple of minutes to explain what I, matter of fact, it was so fast. I don't know if she was talking or if I was talking. I think I was talking, but in the middle of a sentence, it didn't even slow me down. If I'd have said at the end of the sentence, hey, did I blink my eye? Did I slow down? Did I pause at all? She had probably said no. And it was, it was just that fast. But here's what I saw. I saw two books 
They weren't on the shelf, but is as if they were on a shelf. Two books. The book on the left was the book of Torah or the book of Moses, which is the first five books of the Bible. On the right was the book of Revelation. And there was like a time tunnel between the two books. And it's about the size of like a stick of margarine. And it was yellow, kind of like a stick of margarine, but it wasn't margarine. It, it was blurred. It was in, in, when, when eternity touches you, you know things from eternity and you know them that you know that you know that you know you couldn't possibly have made this up. And all of a sudden you get revelation, you get understanding. It's, it's a blink. It's a blink. And that's what the eternity, that's what happened. Eternity touched me for a second. Here's what it showed me. That there is a secret door that links the book of Revelation all the way back to the book of Torah, specifically one word. And that one word is the secret door. And that's the reason the book is called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. And maybe I should tell you about that, how that book, that name came about too. But anyway, so the secret, the, the word that is the secret door is first fruits. The word first fruits is found in Revelation 14 and Leviticus 23. And in 14, Revelation 14, 1, it says, I looked and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Sinai, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in the forehead. Then you skip down a couple of verses. It says, These are they that were not defiled with women for their virgins. These are they that follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth. For these were redeemed from among, men, from among men, being, here it is, here it is, the first fruits unto God and the Lamb. Meaning, these 144,000, that is the cry, behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. That is the midnight cry. There was a midnight cry. In other words, when you see the 144,000 on Mount Zion, and we'll get to that in a second too, that is the year that Jesus will return. The 144,000 are the first fruits from the grave. Now, Jesus was the first fruits of them that slept, but these are the first fruits of the harvest. They are the first ones to receive the glorified body. No one since Jesus came out of the grave has received it. They are the first fruits of the harvest. And there's, there's a whole lot more about that. I devoted a whole chapter in the book to explaining that because that's really, 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 really important. Those 144,000 described in Revelation 7, that's real, real important stuff. So anyway, the book or the, the word first fruits in Revelation 14, 4 links back to, to Leviticus 23, 12. And that is the secret door, meaning that when you understand that that word first fruits in Revelation 14, 4 links back to Leviticus 23, 12, when you understand that and that the the Feasts were not meant to make people annoyed, have to keep all of those feasts. I'm going to interrupt the broadcast right there. Back in 2017, God helped me to memorize the book of Revelation. God showed me the, the word first fruits is actually a secret door linking the feast of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation, allowing the end time events to be placed in chronological order as never before. One prophetic word said it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time into obsolete books. That's this book. For the first time, you will understand that on first fruits, 
Jesus, the Lamb, returns to Mount Zion with 144,000 one-year-old Jews. On Pentecost, the wheat who are ready go to the marriage supper of the Lamb with the barley. The Father promotes Jesus at the marriage supper from Lamb to Lion, from Prince to King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus receives many crowns, a vesture dipped in his own sacrificed blood, and a white horse. The barley and wheat receive a wedding garment and a white horse to return on trumpets about four months later. This is the day of the Lord. Jesus the judge uses the morning star lightning sword to burn the tares. This is the judgment seat of Christ. All in Jesus report here and receive their just rewards. On atonement, Jesus is the judge at the great white throne. For those not in Jesus, the dead are judged based upon their works written in the books. Whosoever is not found written in the book is cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. On tabernacles, the new Jerusalem comes down from God out of heaven, all explained in the secret door to understand Bible prophecy. One for 20, don't do that. Five for 30, 10 for 55, or a case of 60 for $250 at prophecyclub.com. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55, prophecyclub.com. Gives you extras to give away to your friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your gifts of support. God bless.